1: What's going on, people? Welcome to Paint Points. As usual, I'm your host, Jake Painting. You can find me on Twitter at J A K E P A Y N T I N G. You can find all of my written work over at Supers. Or, As always, the show is sponsored by the SB Nation Podcast Network and a part of the Tainus Supers podcast family today we're going to be getting into a bit of draft stuff again to join me to do so is tyler metcalf he's from hashtag basketball the draft the draft editor uh, draft exporter over there he's from dunking with wolves really really good good draft uh content really good wolves content so I'm, I'm really excited to get into some draft stuff today so what's going on tyler
0: uh not much happy to join you um Glad we can finally do this in person instead of just kind of going back and forth sporadically on Twitter. So it should <laughs> yeah. be fun, and looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so what we're going to do is we're just gonna we're going to start a, a little series here, going through each position in, in the draft boards. Today we'll, we'll start with the point guard. Start with the the first position on the court, and um, we're just going to go through five players that that our top five point guards, which which are both the same today. So. And then we'll give you one kind of sleeper, second round, you know, late first round, second round pick that we both like as well. And then at the end, we'll, we'll rank them what we think overall, one to five, and, and who we think are the best fit for Minnesota. So if you want to get straight into your into the first guy, Tyler, and, and we'll just go from there. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, so this guy's kind of been one of my favourites. Not just among the guards this season, but among all the players. Um, Tyrese Halliburton from Iowa State. Uh, I'm just huge fan of his versatility. I know people are worried about his weird shot. Um, I don't have those concerns. Um, And he'll be limited shooting off the ball or off the dribble some, but I just think his overall versatility um, with his playmaking, his scoring, and he's one of the most efficient shooters in the country this season and um, just his willingness to do a little bit of everything. Um, he passes teammates open. He can shoot from anywhere on the court, uh, even when defenses run him off the line I and mean, he's effective with it, with his floater and he's in the 74th percentile with floaters. I know it's not the most efficient shot, but it's still a counter to when defenses overcommit to his three. Um, and then he's just an elite off-ball defender Um, so just his fit um, in the NBA I think I think he's he can fit anywhere or with any team just because he can play on ball he can play off I think he's just that great connecting piece um, who can do a little bit of everything
1: for sure Yep. I I really agree I I was I've warmed a lot on on Halliburton recently I've been watching a ton of him I'm, I'm actually writing about him as we speak but like you said, a really good playmaker. Really good in the pick and roll. I love the way he kind of threads those pocket passes through the needle to the to the rolling bigs. He's never. He's not the kind of playmaker who kind of um, always has to dictate the show. I guess like he, mm-hmm. he the the ball doesn't get sticky in his hands, especially in transition. He, he's really happy to to hit the ball ahead early or to run quickly in transition and make those those flashy no look passes that he does in transition, which which he loves. And they're actually really effective as well. So, yeah, like you said, I'm really high on his playmaking. I think that kind of leads, you know, his transition playmaking kind of leads into the the fact that he's also a really good transition finisher as well himself. He ranked in the 94th percentile as a transition player, 1.39 points per possession, which is really high. Long, athletic really fast across the court as well he kind of seems to glide from from end to end especially after he grabs the rebound and kind of run you know runs the floor rips and runs uh, like you said i'm i don't have many concerns about his shooting either i think like it's a strange looking shot it kind of
0: yeah it's really ugly
1: yeah it kind of comes from like in in front of him and like it's almost like he uses no legs But it goes in, and I don't think it'll stop going in in a spot up, you know, variety. So I'm pretty happy with that. My my only concern with him, I guess, is um, the the burst to the rim. He he doesn't seem to get to the rim at all. Like you said, he gets he gets that floater range, which does uh, save face a little bit, you know, in that in that scenario. But I'd like to see him get all the way to the rim a little bit more, especially with his length and his size. I don't think it's impossible, but I think he just struggles to get by defenders a little bit.
0: Yeah, and I, I think some of that will improve too with how, you know, And at Iowa State, I, the, his scoring gravity was so immense because I, the rest of that team was just, it was bad. Yeah. Um, so I, and defenses just could key in on him 100% of the time. And I just, I see him, um, and I think he'll do a lot of, you know, offensive initiation in the nba but he's going to be playing off the ball a lot too just because of how deadly he is off the catch and how adept he is at making that second pass or finding that cutter off the rotation so i think he'll be able to attack closeouts a little more effectively where he can then you know drop it off to the dunk the dunker spot or find the cutter or throw up a little floater um but i his, his he is super skinny which i feel has or plays quite a bit into um, kind of his inefficiency or inconsistencies finishing at the rim. But I he's he is skinny, but he has like these he has these wide shoulders that suggest that he can still add a decent amount of muscle. I don't think he'll ever get, you know, ripped or huge. Um, but just adding a bit of muscle here, here and there, I think will help his game a lot and isn't out of the question by any means.
1: For sure. For sure. Um... Like you, like you said before, I'm really impressed with the way uh, he operates as a team defender. Going into into the film, you know, research, I didn't think he'd be so good as a team defender. I knew he was obviously long and quite tall for a point guard, but he, he makes really crisp rotations. Really good as actually like a, a weak side, you know, shot blocker. Even even though yeah. he's he's a point guard, but he does get his hand on a lot of balls on the weak side, and then. Needs a little bit of work, I think, on his closeout technique, but that's something that I don't think would worry me out of, you know, his off ball potential. I'm not huge on him as a on ball defender. I think he still has a little bit of work to do on his technique and his positioning, you know, angles and stuff, especially in the pick and roll. But again, he may, he, his recovery time and his length and his size give him a, a stronger foundation there than a lot of other. Below average, you know, pick and roll defenders. Just because he can recover a lot for for the mistakes that he does make.
0: Yeah, when when he's playing that weak ball uh, or weak side defense, um, and he can cover, you know, two to three guys with his just um, instincts and length and ability to recover. Um, it's really impressive. But I I, I don't love his on ball defense. Um, I think he's able to cover up a lot of mistakes because of his length. Um, but and he he does get caught on screens quite a bit, and and his his high hips I are mean, kind of similar to what we see with like Obi-Toppin. Um, yeah. You know he struggles to really sink down in that defensive stance.
1: And that should improve a hundred percent.
0: And that should improve a little himself.
1: bit. Yeah, as he kind of fills out a little bit, right. like you said, like he does have a bit of room for growth. You'd hope he can at least fight through screens a little bit better. I'm not right. sure how much better he'll ever get with those hips, but I guess if he uh, yeah fills out and gets a little bit stronger and. Add that to his, you know, uh, physical makeup with the with the ability to recover, then he kind of might uh, might end up as more of a neutral than a negative.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, and I, I don't think. And there, there are inconsistencies with his on-ball defense, but I don't think he's going to be, you know, necessarily a negative. Um, and his length, even when he does get beat or hung up on a screen, um, his length allows him to make up for a lot of those mistakes where he can, you know, reach in or deflect a pass or, um, or, or just switch momentarily onto onto the roller.
1: And he's just a very cerebral player as well, yeah. which which always helps. You know, like he's one of them guys that you can just tell, kind of knows the game of basketball you can see it obviously in his playmaking ability the way he reads the floor and and, and reads how sets are playing out but then also as an off-ball defender you can see that he he kind of does that in the opposite way where he can sniff out sets from the opposition and kind of read where players are going to be all the time so um yeah that i think being a really smart player is such an underrated skill these days because really smart players don't often you know bottom out
0: right they they're there's at least a, a higher floor for smarter players than players who just don't get the game at all.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, so we'll move on to the next one. Uh, we may as well go straight into, into Killian Hayes, who I've spoken about a lot on this podcast. Um, obviously, he's, he's one of the top uh, point guards in the class. I'm a really big fan of Hayes. I think great pick and roll player, both as a passer and a, and a pull-up shooter. Um, he creates space for himself really well with those, with those step backs and those kind of sidestep dribbles. Really great at hitting the corner with a skip pass, really great at hitting the roller, looks looks defenders off really well, which is one of the, one, the main things that I, I find myself kind of gravitating towards with him. I think the way he uses he, his body and his eyes to to get people open to kind of feint to pass the one person and then pass to the roller instead. Um, that's one of my favourite parts of his games. I think that's that's a really good way to kind of uh spring guys open in the pick and roll. Very patient as a passer. He does does turn the ball over a little bit too much. I mean, he he sometimes bites off a little bit more than he can more than he can chew as a as a skip passer. Sometimes he's a bit wild with those with those one hand skips and <clears throat> obviously he he can only really do it on the left side of the floor, which is the big knock on Hayes, I guess, that as soon as you put him on the right side of the floor, he's not going to make the, those fling passes with the right hand or the, those one-handed bounce passes to rollers with the right hand. But on the left side of the floor, he, he's just a marvel to watch in pick and roll. Still, you know, I don't think gets to the rim very well. He's pretty limited in his burst as well, a little bit like like Halliburton, and he he doesn't um, doesn't really convert at a great level just because he's always trying to get back to that left hand so that that can make for a few funky looking finishes where he tries to kind of you know go around the defender and try and get back to his left which is an issue but but something i'm not super super concerned about on the defensive end really good as well i I really enjoyed watching hayes uh defend the point of attack defend in pick and roll Isolation defense as well, all three of those levels, and as a team defender as well. I think I don't think he's ever going to be this, uh, you know, all all defense type player. But I can't see him ever being a negative on defense. In fact, I, I think he'll be pretty much a positive for the for the most of his career once he gets the hang of of NBA defense. And he's already played against grown men for for a few years now. So I'm really high on Hayes. I I, I truly. Wouldn't be you wouldn't be unhappy with anyone who has Hayes number one on their board overall, but but yeah, probably my favorite point guard.
0: Yes, uh, I. As far as you know, let, let's say as far back as like January, I was a lot lower on Hayes than most people. I, and I saw him coming through as you know top five on a lot of people's boards, and I didn't really get it. I had a lot of concerns with his inability to use his right. I didn't really trust his shooting. I thought his defensive effort and kind of awareness was just all over the place. But then just as, you know, their games progressed, and he showed immense amounts of improvement across the board. Um, And he's still really uncomfortable with his right, but with how talented he is with his left. And he, I at least expect him to learn how to dribble out of a double team or something when it goes to his right. So, and he might not, he, it might be a while until he's like a really quality finisher with his right. But I mean, that concern is kind of, you know, it, it is what it is. And someone with the ball in their hand that much, I find it hard to believe that he won't at least become comfortable with it. Um, his shooting, I'm still not, you know, it's fine. Um, but his ability to create space off the dribble is super impressive. And his his step back is one of the most comfortable and smooth step backs in this draft, I think, um, and he can, he's pretty comfortable going either direction with it, which is just really encouraging for his scoring upside. And, and you, you touched on his passing, but um, you know, there, you know, may, maybe Halliburton and Ball are the only you know better live dribble passers yeah. than Hayes. And when it's on his left, I'm not sure either of them are better. Um, he just he he can do whatever he wants with that. Um, and then and his point of attack defense has improved immensely. Um, and he You can just tell that he's learning how to navigate a pick and roll so much better than he was, you know, 10 months ago. Um, and I just, I kind of view him as like the inverse of Halliburton defensively where Hayes has turned into a really good on-ball defender and then has these lapses off-ball at times still. Whereas, you know, Halliburton's this elite, off-ball defender and then kind of falls out of it when he's on ball Um, but overall I originally was seeing Hayes as you know a negative on defense but just the way he's grasped their defensive concepts and how to navigate screens and just have that consistent effort the whole time has been really impressive and he he shot way up for me
1: it's the whole the whole game I think of him seems to be progressing so quickly like his growth seems to be so exponential over the last year or two which I think that's one of the main reasons I'm really high on him I I think Mm -hmm. the concerns you pointed out are definitely real the the shooting I I didn't really touch on the shooting obviously he's a a really good shot creator but he still was pretty bad actually hitting the shots like horrible pretty much on on catch and shoots he shot 24 percent on unguarded catch and shoots this season so that is obviously not good enough for the next level at the moment. I don't really have a lot of concerns with the mechanics of his shot. I think, no. he, prob- I think he probably will become a, a pretty decent shooter in time, especially because he's shown, you know, the knack to be able to hit them off the dribble, and, and that's always... And he also has really good touch on those floaters and around the rim when he does, you know, get to his, the comfortable, you know, side of his, of his left hand. So I think... His indicators are pretty pretty good to become a decent shooter, but obviously we still get yet to actually see that. But like you said, I'm not sure there's a better live dribble passer off the left hand than him. Those skip passes to the corner, I said before, he 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 can you know overtook them sometimes a little bit, but he's also 18 years old and and to just be able to right. show show that vision <laughs> consistently and kind of you know nail passes in the corner from from the the other slot on the other side of the court it is such an impressive skill for a point guard, and such an important skill in the NBA because if you can cut out the the middle man when you're when you're you know kicking the ball around the horn, rather than you know making two passes to the corner, if your point guard can make one quick pass to the corner to to the shooter who's who's open because his man is is down tagging the roller. Then that's that's how you get open threes in the NBA, and that that's honestly probably the the best way to get to the open corner threes in the NBA, which are one of the most efficient shots there are.
0: Yeah, and that ability to read, you know, that that third and fourth defenders and their rotation and what they're doing is where you know the high level NBA point guards make their money. Um, right. and just if you can't read them, you're extremely limited as a play, as a playmaker, and and he already has that. At 18, like you said. And just if when he's surrounded by, you know, corner three specialists, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's gonna be really exciting to see what happens with his playmaking numbers. Um, and I just the improvements that he's shown, you know, over the last eight months, um, just really suggest to me how coachable he is. And once he receives that high level NBA coaching and that competitive atmosphere of an NBA locker room um, it's really exciting to you know to try and picture and imagine the type of player that he can really work work at uh, becoming
1: yeah Uh, I think his flaws are definitely aren't outweighed by his positives and I think it it doesn't take you know much imagination to to picture those those negatives becoming neutrals or or slight positives, and then all of a sudden you've got a really good player on your hands.
0: Yeah,
1: 100%. Uh, so who's your next guy?
0: All right. Um, so I'm assuming most people are going to be kind of appalled that it took us this long, but we, we might as well t- touch on LaMelo Ball. Um, I have so many mixed feelings on Ball. Um, yeah. I I think he's probably the best playmaker all around in this draft. Um, just incredible vision uh, not a great decision maker you know he's you know high risk tolerance but um, overall I think it's good his playmaking is going to be an, an immense positive and he'll already be a top tier playmaker I think from day one in the NBA um, especially in transition I love I mean, his crazy, crazy transition his passer. his, I mean, his, his big growth spurt over the last couple years has made him a really good rebounder too. And it just, his instincts always put him in the right position. And I, he's got elite touch on like those hit ahead passes. Um, he can thread the needle on a full court bounce pass. And it, it he's always just looking to grab and go, um, which is incredibly valuable, especially if you have a big man, or who's willing to run the floor or a wing who just contested a three and is leaking out, you're going to get a lot of really easy baskets with him. Um, And, and then in the half court, I mean, we've all seen his highlight packages of, you know, splitting doubles and whipping behind the back passes to his role man and kicking it out to the corner shooter. Um, I, I, he does such a good job of manipulating defenses with his eyes that it surprises you that he's still, you know, just, 18 year old he's he, I I think he, he's definitely the best in this class at passing his teammates open yeah. um, I just as far as his playmaking goes he just kind of needs to tighten up his decision making a little bit just to kind of rein in some of the the unnecessary turnovers but I his, his vision is absolutely incredible
1: yeah uh, yeah I think it's like you said he definitely makes some bad decisions I think being such a high level floor reader, I think sometimes he, he bites off a little bit more than he can chew. Like, I think he just sees so much on the court that he always wants to make that, that home run pass. And I don't think that's a bad thing just because he's so capable of making right. that, that home run pass. Like, like you said, those, those hit-ahead passes after grabbing the rebound are, are truly special passes. Like, you don't, you don't see players with that kind of technique and, and, and touch on passes very often. I think if, like you said, if he plays with a wing who who can leak out, if it like you see his brother right now in, in New Orleans with with Zion, kind of just just using that hit ahead pass so often, and I think Lamelo will be able to do that with pretty much any you know semi athletic wing or or big man who is willing to to get out and run. He, I'm pretty, I'm quite impressed with his ball handling as well. I mean, I don't think it's elite yeah. by any means, but I think it's very advanced for someone his age. He can string together uh, dribble moves very consistently. Doesn't always create a heap of space with them. Sometimes I feel like he's kind of dribbling in one spot. But when he does create space with them, it really shows, um, yeah, how advanced he is in in that area can, can create space for his jumper pretty well. It's obviously there's we'll get into the jumper in a second. There's there's pretty major concerns with with the jumper, right. but the fact that he can uh, spring himself open for a jumper and use his uh, ball handling to, to get open is always a plus for, for prospects his age and I also think uh, again we'll get into his defense in a second but I think he's actually pretty good as a as a rotational defender um, I think he he's he does get lost at times sometimes he flat out just doesn't try but I think there's definitely the makings of a, of a pretty good team defender in there on the ball I'm not so sure I mean he gets he just gets Flatlined by screens, pretty much. Yeah, every, it,
0: it can be bad.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much every screen he faces just kind of, you know, floors him. So that that's a concern. He's he's obviously very skinny, and I think like Halliburton, I think he does have room to to put on a few extra pounds. But I'm not sure he's ever going to be the strongest dude in the world. Um, but yeah, I think. What do you think about about his defense overall? I, I think
0: his defense is incredibly frustrating, um, yeah. and he he has the size and the instincts and intuition to be a really good defender, and you'll see these uh, where these defensive possessions where he makes an absolutely perfect rotation, you know, strips the ball and immediately hit throws a hit-ahead pass for an easy layup, and it's like, where the heck is that in the entire game <laughs> yeah. and then there'll be others where he's just standing at the top of the key and his man slowly rotates towards the corner and then back cuts him for a wide open dunk and you know his team wasn't good they got blown out a lot so I don't know if that's a factor in it but I mean, you, you just really hate to see that just complete lack of effort um on defense I mean and then part of it is I'm not sure how comfortable he is yet with his size. I yeah. in high and in high school and he's this tiny kid who would just cherry pick and you know shoot from wherever he wanted. And now he's, you know, six six with the frame that, you know, and he could easily get above two hundred, I think. Yeah. And you know, and not have it strain his frame. Um so I'm hoping that once he, you know, his body continues to mature and he adds muscle and just kind of gets out of that awkward lanky phase. Um, he gets more comfortable with his body and is willing to fight through screens more instead of just immediately dying on him. Um, because when when he really locks in and competes, I mean, he, he can be a three, you know, maybe four positional defender um, if he wants to be. But if that effort's not there, then I mean, he's gonna be I, I, I think he's gonna be a negative. Um ball defender
1: uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he even in his first season he might be the worst defender in the NBA I mean I don't think that'll yeah. I don't think that'll last for his career but I think as he kind of tries to adjust to the physicality like you said still growing into his body and then you know the the change of of oh, he was obviously first in grown men over here in Australia but not right. even not even close to the same sort of strength or or athleticism that he's going to face when he hits the nba and he's probably going to be targeted a lot just because you know lonzo was targeted in his first year they've kind of got that that, that stigma about them that that they're cocky which i don't think is is necessarily true but it does any motivation is, is good motivation for, <laughs> for for nba players you know when they want to go at someone so yeah, it doesn't uh, take much yeah so i think it might um he might be a really bad defender straight away, but I think, like you said, it's all about mentality with him and improving his technique and getting stronger. And if he can do that, I think he could actually evolve to maybe, maybe a net neutral. I mean, I don't think he'll ever be a positive, even though he, ha- he has a lot of the tools too. I just don't think his technique will ever get to the level, you know, where it's elite by any means, but. Uh, what what are your thoughts? I know everyone has their thoughts on this, but but what are your thoughts on on the jumper? I I mean, I, I hate it. I, mean, <laughs> I think his
0: I think his I and mean, his mechanics are all over the place. It's one of the ugliest shots in this draft. Um, but i mean, even more so than his mechanics because see, I we covered it with Halliburton. You can have ugly mechanics, but still be a good shooter. Yeah. I I think his shot selection is just atrocious where I, he'll just early in the shot clock, cross half court and immediately pull up and just clank it off the backboard. And I, you know, there've been interviews where he says, you know, it's like, Oh, I practice these shots. It's like, well, they're really bad shots. So maybe you should stop taking them because they're not going (laughs) in. Um, so I, I just – I really worry about his scoring because I – his his threat of playmaking and his ball handling create, a you know, a decent amount of scoring space. But he's so averse to contact at the rim that he, like, shies away from finishing over or through smaller defenders that he shouldn't have any problem with. And, again, hoping that's a transition with his growth spurt and his lack of, you know, bulk or size – um, and i hope that improves because he has great great touch that we and we see it on yeah. his passes um
1: and those float but, he hits those floaters yeah, out to like 15 17 foot, like some crazy Yeah, it's like, really impressive. Yeah, that's a really good indicator of his touch.
0: Right. So i i think he can be a decent shooter with his mechanics and i'd like to see him fix up his his footwork on those more than his release and his releases you know, from his chest and kind of ugly. But I his footwork is really what I think causes him to be more off balance and just kind of lose any direction with his shot. So if he can improve that and if he can just be a, you know, right around league average outside shooter, I think that would be incredibly valuable because then, you know, he can attack closeouts and then, you know, create for his teammates.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The tendency to... To fade away on those threes mm-hmm. that, that he has no business fading away on. That really frustrates me just because, you know, like that he'll, he'll kind of come off the screen and, and he'll, he'll like have a pullback on the dribble and then he'll just shoot like a fade away three after he yeah. just crea- created, you know, two foot of space, three, three, four, five foot of space and, and then fade away. And it's just like, you're, you're really lowering your chances of making that shot. Like he's just making it harder for himself a lot of the times. And then, like you said, I think. Even more importantly than the shot is, he's going to have to become a better and and more willing finisher at the rim. Just because, even if he if he's a you know even at the high level the high outcome that he does become you know a league average shooter, I don't think he's the kind of guy who you want shooting you know seven to ten threes a night still. And if he can't get to the rim at all, that's going to be he, he pretty much his only source of offense apart from those. Those floaters and the occasional pull-up mid-range shot, which is a shot that's you know dying out around the league, even though they are. He does have really nice touch on them. It's probably not something that uh, coaches are going to want it want him to be shooting, you know, five, six, seven times a game. So I think yeah, he he's he's really big, he's really quick, uh, and he's got he's got quite a nice first step as well. So I think he he can become a pretty decent defender at the rim. But yeah, uh, the aversion to contact is is crazy at the moment. Those strange, you know, funky looking layups that, that he does when you're just trying to think, just go through the guy and, and and get the basket and maybe even get yourself to the line as well rather than trying everything in your power to, to go around him and ending up, you know, breaking a layup that, that should have been an easy one.
0: Yeah, and he just seems... You know, this is going to sound harsher than I intended to, but he just seems (laughs) desperate to always be creating that that highlight tape and that highlight play. And we see it in his passing, and it's incredible. And Every now and then he'll just air mail a pass. Um, But that'll happen when you, you know, attempt what he does. But then when he's scoring, and if he just simplifies what he's trying to do, I think he's going to become immensely more efficient and draw a ton more fouls because just his weird mechanics and approach to, to shooting... Um, I mean, if he just simplifies it, it to a normal layup that, you know, six-two point guard who's trying to block his shot is going to hack him and he's going to go to the line for two. Um, so I'm just simplifying and just slowing down his scoring mentality. Um, I, I think will you know, improve his offensive threat by leaps and bounds.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a tough line to kind of walk for him because you don't want him to oversimplify the whole game, I guess, just because... Right. He's so creative with those passes and, and it's, it's a technique and a skill that, that not, not many 18 year olds I've ever seen, you know, have that, that kind of creativity and vision as a passer. But then with his shot selection and with his uh, aversion to contact and willingness to get to the rim, you really just want him to kind of break that down into like shoot good shots, uh, get to the, get to the rim and, and just try and go kind of through smaller defenders rather than trying to go around them or trying to get that, that double clutch, you know, up and under layup that, that everyone's going to, you know, wow, like that you're going to wow everyone with and, and rather just make the simple play, but still, I guess, keep that flair uh, right. as a passer. Right. Um. All right. So who was who your next one? We'll just go straight into that.
0: Okay. Um, my next one is Cole Anthony. Um, God. Assessing his game and talent this year is just impossible. Yeah, And just with the injuries he dealt with, which are all just like weird fluke ones that took him out for extended periods of time is nothing, you know, that's recurring or like really concerning. There's just weird stuff that kept happening to him. And then my God, his teammates are bad. <laughs> that North Carolina team was one of the worst in the history of North Carolina. And, I and mean, just what he was required to do, I think, really put a black spot on, you know, what the type of player he is, because I think he's, I think he's a more efficient scorer than he showed. Uh, I think he's a better passer than he showed, but he didn't have any teammates to pass to that could score. And, you know, if he gave up the ball, is likely going to end up in a miss and you know, he's out there trying to compete. So I, I, I love the fact that he kept coming back and wanted to play with those guys and competing yeah. and trying to win. Um, I think that shows really great work ethic. And those guys always carve out some sort of a role, you know. Um, and I, he's made a lot of really tough shots, which is encouraging. But at the same time, to make a lot of really tough shots, you have to take a lot of really bad shots. <laughs> yeah. So... I'm hoping that a lot of that is just a symptom of just being on an atrocious team.
1: It's the um, Anthony it's the Anthony Edwards conundrum a little bit, Right. You know? Like the right. the shot selection was bad, but but whatever option, you know, happens if he gives the ball up. So exactly. it's hard it's hard to figure.
0: Yeah, and like as a team they shot like if you take um, his three-point attempts out of their overall team percentage, as a team they shot below 30%. Okay. I mean it was it was just really bad situation all around that and, and he had such an offensive load that he had to take on you know it really hurt his defense as well and I think he's a good and he's a good athlete we see it in his rebounding and finishing at the rim where he can hang and finish around defenders and every now and then you know, slam it on a guy but i I just think his his situation and he had one of the worst situations this year I think and was one of the the least beneficial from it
1: yeah and that slashing i, I was pretty imple- impressed by his his slashing ability but like you said it made it so much harder the spacing in that UNC team was just the stuff of legend like and not in yeah. a good way like right. they, he would drive the lane and you could you could probably you know, pause the footage at any time that he was driving, and there'd be three or four guys standing inside the perimeter with him, like you know, three guy, three defenders in the lane that, that that are one step away from defending their actual guy as well as being a rim protector. So that he just he got no help from his teammates and from the way the sport the the floor was spaced. I thought he his shooting was really encouraging. I mean, I think he shot a really nice looking shot. He shot. Uh, it was eighty-six percentile in catch and shoot jumpers, seventy-second percentile off the dribble, and even then, that's with those those perceived, you know, bad shots, which were definitely there. Um, the lack of spacing, the lack of kind of teammates helping him out. The defense was always focused on on Cole Anthony. They they knew he was the biggest threat and kind of the only guy who would who would beat them individually. You know, if he went off, and he still. Was a, a pretty impressive shooter, I thought, and then yeah, a really good slasher. I'm not, I, I find it so hard to to dissect his playmaking ability just because, like right. you said, it's just uh, really bad teammates, really s- strange, you know, four spacing and and strange offensive sets that they that they ran. But I think he probably. I don't think he'll ever be, you know, a high level facilitator. But I don't think he's the kind of guy who you can not play at, at point guard i think he he'll definitely be able to, to set the table enough for his teammates where he, it's manageable and i don't think i think there's plenty of examples of, of of players around the league point guards around the league that that survive on their scoring ability and just kind of that that middle of the range uh playmaking ability you know he can average 5 or 6 assists a game and then you know Beat teams with his scoring, or, or stay on the floor with with his scoring punch. I think that'll be enough for him.
0: Yeah, and like when we talk about his playmaking, I and mean, he's miles behind, you know, Halliburton, Hayes, yeah. and Ball, I and mean, he's he's not I don't, he's never going to be that type of playmaker. Um, but I'm, he's solid at you know kicking out of his drives because he is a he's a good scorer and his ninety second percentile in isolation scoring. Um, so I mean, when he attacks the rim. Um, and you know that the middle of the paint he will have some scoring gravity and and he he's shown that he can make those reads to kick it out to the corner shooter or the cutter um you know if he can get teammates to finish you know that's an entirely different story but i just when i keep watching him and envisioning him in the nba um i i just i really hope that he can kind of get into a a similar role like Jamal Murray where sure he's slotted kind of as he's the quote unquote point guard, but he's really not the primary initiator. You know, yeah. he's doing off ball stuff I and mean, you touched on his catch and shoot. He was in the 75th percentile and spot up scoring. Um, if he, I and mean, he's got a great work rate on offense. Um, so, I, mean, I think his bigger upside is, is kind of acting as that off ball scorer, that secondary playmaker um, and if he can kind of get to a situation where the team already has an established wing or even big man who's kind of that primary playmaker um, I I think that would be the best case scenario for him because yeah I just don't think he's that um, cerebral playmaker that's really gonna pass his teammates open he can make the right read and find the open guy but he's not going to create that open space for them he's not going to manipulate the defense with his eyes. Um, so I, I, that's just, I think best case scenario is if he kind of finds himself in one of those roles.
1: Yeah. That Jamal Murray situation, you know, comparison is a really good one for me. Like I, I completely agree that if he, I don't think he, he has to be, you know, necessarily like a, a shooting guard, but if he can play as the, this kind of pseudo point guard, have another, even like a jumbo initiator on the floor with him, like a, like a Jason Tatum or, or, you know. Yeah. Like a, he's not going to go this late, but like a Tua Leonard or, or Paul George or someone who can who can take you know half of the half of the possessions as the ball handler, where he can more play off the ball, spot up as a shooter, you know, use his use his athleticism more in a in a cutting and slashing, you know, um, off the dribble kind of kind of technique, you know, rather than than always being the guy who has to have the ball in his hands and create for others. I think that'd be perfect for him because he can still do that creation and he he'll still be able to do it you know fairly well in a pinch but you don't want cole anthony i don't think as a 30 percent usage player
0: yeah and you, you're just gonna have a really inefficient and kind of iso heavy offense if that's the case with a lot of you know really tough shots
1: yeah for sure so um l is it our last guy i think it's our last guy uh Kyra lewis yeah um Obviously the, the thing you, you always hear about Lewis is his speed and agility. That's the first thing that kinda of jumps off the screen when you watch him. He's probably the fastest player in the draft and he, he uses every bit of that speed, you know, to his advantage. Gets ahead of himself a little bit at times, a little, little bit out of control, but, but I guess that's to be expected from a guy who's who's still growing into his body and trying to harness, you know, that speed and agility and, and take full advantage of it. Um he's, he's going to wear guys out to the bone at the next level because he's just, he's in that, I, I don't love these comparisons, but in terms of athleticism, that De'Aaron Fox, you know, John Wall type of uh, speed, you know, where he, he just is go, go, go all the time. He knows that that's his biggest strength and, and he wants to use it. I think he's still a pretty, pretty iffy, you know, finisher around the rim. I think part of that is because he, he gets a bit faster himself at times. The other part of it is because he he's six foot three, you know, one seventy pounds or whatever. He de- he definitely struggles to go through contact. I don't think he's really averse to it in the same way that the lamello ball is, but I think he just doesn't have the the strength to actually finish, you know, over the trees and, and around the rim protectors and stuff. Shoot, he's a really good shooter for me. Like I don't think he'll ever be a high high level shooter, but forty one percent on catch and shoot jumpers, which is eighty nine percentile. 34.6% off the dribble, which is 79th percentile. I think he he'll be a really good off-ball player as well. I'd like to see him next to a jumbo initiator as well, or 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 a Jokic type, or a big man who can who can he can run the ball through a little bit. Just because I see him as a guy who can really do well as a catch and shoot player, attack closeouts with that speed, and and kind of you know create advantages for himself um, with his strongest strengths. I guess stronger strengths is not a not a great saying, but um yeah, I think he I think he could be a really I think he'll be fine on the ball as well. I kind of uh, figure him a little bit in that same mold as Anthony. I mean he's definitely better shot selection wise, but I think he'd be really good at as a uh you know pseudo point guard off ball guy who can who plays on the ball a little bit as well and, and, and really trades advantages with his speed.
0: Yes, and I don't think there is a. So I don't think anyone in the in this draft benefited more from their situation than Kyra Lewis did. And not trying to take anything away from him, I like him a lot. But the pace and they were frenetic. Just the the pace that Alabama played with was insane. And (laughs) and as soon as they crossed half court, they were looking to shoot. And and they incredible spacing super high pace. And I, that's, that's probably skewed my perception on, you know, his teammate, John Petty for me, probably some too. Um, but having that open of the floor, I think, Inflated some of Kyra's production um, yeah. and he's incredible at getting to the rim. That first step is lightning quick and he's going to be super difficult to defend, but he's really got to improve that at rim finishing. Um, and He he invites contact, which I love. Um, I'm not sure, you know, how, how many calls he'll get in the NBA, um, but I'm smaller guys like that. It, it can work out for him, but I, he was just in the 34th percentile with his at rim finishing um, this year. And, and you kind of touched on it. A lot of the times, his drives would be kind of huge drive without a plan, yeah. where he would just kind of drive into that double team, and and a lot of jump, a get, lot
1: of jump passes. You know, where he kind yeah. of gets in the lane and then thinks, "Oh, I need, a, I need to kick this out," and he kind of have yeah, like you said, doesn't have a plan, and he en- right. ends up yeah. turning the ball over.
0: Yeah. So I, and. As far as his playmaking goes, I think he's kind of more in that he's a slightly better playmaker than Cole Anthony. Yeah. Um, but I just I don't think he's going to be that guy that passes teammates open. Uh, but but he's able to make that smart read. He's able to make the extra pass. He can you know find the open guy. But he's not going to manipulate the defense. He's not going to you know throw the ball ahead of the guy before he even cuts and you know lead him to the rim like that. Um, I think his shooting numbers are a little inflated because of. Their offensive style. Um, and there's nothing wrong with his form. I just I'd be surprised if he hits that 37% mark in the NBA. But if he's in that yeah. mid 30s, um, we well, you know when when the offense makes that extra pass to him on the wing or in the corner, and if he can just knock that down, I think that's all he really needs to do. Um, you know, just being like that 35% range. I think that's more than acceptable for what his role will be. And I I, lo- I love his off-ball defense. Um, yeah. And he's really limited as a defender because of his size, likely be limited to just point guards. But just that his work rate is going to be super annoying for opponents. And he does a great job of, um, of jumping passing lanes by just baiting opponents into making sloppy passes because he, he acts like he's giving them space and then just closes it so quickly
1: yeah he's got that stereotypical kind of little guy defense where Mm -hmm. he's never going to be a a real positive on defense but he tries so hard and you can see that he he really wants to be a good defender and that
0: and he's going to make you work for it
1: yeah exactly and that's about all you can expect from a guy who's you know uh, you know south of 180 pounds so if he if he can get into the NBA and just and just do that kind of really work hard play off the ball. He jumps passing lanes really well. And when he does jump passing lanes, you know, he, he's at the other end of the court in a flash. So he, he usually can turn those live ball turnovers straight into points for himself, which is obviously beneficial. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty high on his off ball defense as well, just because, yeah, he works so hard. He, he really wants to be a good defender. I think he's definitely going to fill out a little bit as he, as he gets older. He, he's so young for, for a sophomore. Like he, To be to be eighteen and you've already played two full years of college basketball, I think that's really gonna help him as well. You know, as he gets to as he grows into the NBA, because he's he's gonna be really young still, but but a little bit more experienced than a lot of these guys. So I think that'll help him. I just think that I don't think I ever see him as as maybe the really high level player as you know a lot of people think he might be, but as a as a you know twenty. Five minute a game point guard, you know, off the bench or, or a, a low oh, end, a, a low end starter. I think he, he can definitely, you know, impact winning basketball.
0: Yeah, I I don't think he should ever be the focal point of a yeah. rotation, but I'm bringing that speed, that energy, um, off the bench, and that can be incredibly valuable for teams and just adding that that spark of annoyance and defense and the an eagerness to get out and run um and that that can just really swing momentum in games and i i would be surprised if if he doesn't you know at least carve out that role in the nba
1: yeah for sure um so so my sleeper we'll move on to him uh i i was going to go the same one as you but once you took it i thought we may as well go a couple different ones so I went Cassius Winston, who I think I'm I'm a lot higher on maybe not a lot higher, but a fair bit higher on the, than the consensus. Obviously he's a twenty-two year old senior, so that that takes away a little bit of he, of, you know, his perceived value, I guess. Um and he's also quite small, he's six foot one, one eighty five pounds, so he's not gonna, you know, overwhelm anyone. I guess I can start with with the cons on that end, is he's gonna be a pretty bad Defender, I think at the NBA yeah. level, he's he's always going to struggle to contain guys. He like like Lewis. I don't think he's a low effort guy, but he's he's smaller than Lewis in size and, and in wingspan. Uh, he doesn't have the technique or or the size to really do anything except play the passing lanes with a high IQ. And even then, I don't think that's enough to kind of you know cement him as anything other than a negative on defense. That probably limits his upside pretty severely. I think he's gonna be a guy that you probably have to hide off off the ball, you know, especially if you want to play him as a as a real rotation, you know, twenty plus minute a night guy. Uh he also has pretty limited burst. I think he struggles to get by defenders. He's he's really really crafty and, and has really nice handles, which and a really nice floater game, which definitely make up for some of that that lack of burst, but um it, it's always going to be a deficiency for him he he's never going to be a guy who can who can really put pressure on the on the rim um but yeah i think outside of that you, you get into the things that he does really well and that's he's a high level shooter he really he can really excel as a as a shooter you know in off the dribble situations spot up situations once he gets his feet set i uh, really you know i'm pretty high on his shot making ability Shot 43% on, on 5.2 a ga- uh, attempts per game. He hit 50% of his 90 catch and shoot jumpers, which, which is 97th percentile. Uh, 42.1% of his off the dribble, uh, jumpers, which is 90th percentile. Uh, I don't see any reason why he won't be able to shoot the ball pretty well at the next level. I don't think he's ever going to be, you know, a 40% three point shooter, but if he can get in that high 30s a- and show, a bit of shot versatility, you know, be able to do it off the dribble or, or off catch and shoot and then chime in with, with his passing. I think such a fun, just a fun player to watch, but it's such a fun passer. He averaged 6.5 assists per 36. He excelled in the, in the pick and roll with Xavier Tillman. Like those two were just such a fun pairing to watch as, as pick and roll players. He doesn't really try too much. He, he knows where his players are going to be in the pick and roll. He's a really good transition passer as well. I, I don't think he has that super, you know, sexy touch like Lamelo like Ball and, and Tyrese Halliburton have, but he's always willing to get the ball, hit it up ahead, Um, especially if he does get in the passing lanes. He's always kind of looking for the next pass ahead. I just think he's a, he's a super smart player. He's one of them players who strikes me like a – not as good, but like similar to like a Jalen Brunson who just – will carve yeah. out carve out a place in the league and he's never going to be a star, but, but he can really impact a good team and, and really play well for a, for a playoff team.
0: Yes. I'm, uh, as a Michigan fan, I'm ecstatic to see him finally leaving Michigan state. <laughs> I can be done with him. Um, but I, he, he's one of the smartest basketball players in this draft. Um, yeah. And he he reads the floor really well. He's just a great leader, great floor general, um, really good shooter, a shockingly good shot creator. Yeah. And he's he's not a good athlete, um, and he's small, but he does such a good job of creating just enough space for his jumper, or using change of pace dribbling to you know get the defender off balance in the lane and draw fouls. Um, so and he he's. Offensively, he's done a great job of finding ways to counter his lack of size um, just with you know the, those hesitations, those hang dribbles, his step back, he, using screens really well. And I think he, he will be able to play some off ball um, just because he is just a really good shooter from outside. Um, defensively, he's just going to be targeted yeah. um, a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, you can scheme around it some, um, and he's smart enough to kind of play into his team's defensive scheme and cover up some of it. But I, he, he's just small and he's not a good athlete. So at that end of the floor, I think he's going to be a big liability. But, you know, when you're drafting a, a senior point guard in the second round, I I think you're OK with that because you're bringing... Or you're inserting a guy into the rotation who's a good leader. He produces to winning basketball. We have you know four four years' experience of that at Michigan State. Um, he knows how to win. He knows what to do offensively. He can run run the offense. Um, so I, I, I'm I, I get I get the appeal with him. I have him kind of early to mid second round. Um, yeah. Because I, his his offense is, is it's impressive. He's a good shooter and he's just incredibly smart and just a, a good teammate.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much where I, where I'm at as well with him. I don't think there's even a chance that he becomes a star player or even maybe you know a, a fifteen to eighteen point guy. But I think he's definitely going to end up as a pretty good backup point guard and someone who yeah, and those guys
0: are super valuable.
1: Yeah, exactly. And if you're drafting a, him, at, you know in the in the second round, the mid-second round. I know Minnesota have already interviewed him as well, for so I'm guessing they you know, if they were to draft him, which interviews mean nothing when there's you know six months until right. dra- until the draft. Like I'm sure they'll interview pretty much everyone, but right. you know the fact that he was one of the first on their list mean he's definitely on their radar, and um, you know that'd probably be at, at, at pick 33 if they were targeting him at all. So. I'd be pretty happy with him, you know, in that region and and I think he'd definitely add stability to to an offense pretty much immediately and then if you can scheme around him at all defensively or kind of you know mitigate his defensive issues just by playing him as a backup against other backups then maybe right. maybe you um maybe you get a really good player out of that. Yeah, a- a- absolutely. So who was your sleeper?
0: All right, so I'm gonna go with uh, Grant Riller from Charleston. Uh, I'm guessing very few people have actually seen him play live, but God, his highlight tape is fun. Um, <laughs> so and he, he's he's kind of like Winston. He's not a big dude, um, but and he, he's a he's a pretty good athlete. Um,
1: and definitely a better and, athlete than than Winston. Oh God, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and I think he's he's one of the best scorers. In this draft. Um, all right, so I'm just going to read through a couple numbers here, so just hang with me. Uh, with his overall scoring and assists, he's in the 91st percentile. Overall scoring is in the 89th percentile, 97th percentile in pick and roll, 88th in isolation, 96th in spot up, 85th on, when shooting off the catch, 83rd when shooting off the dribble, and 92nd percentile with his runners. I He can score in at a high level in any area of the floor um, and he's, he's an older guy, but and he, he invites contact at the rim. He uses here. He can navigate the pick and roll really well. And then his scoring gravi- gravity, you know, he can find those open shooters or cutters um, out of the pick and roll. So I don't, and he's not, I would be shocked if he ever, if he develops into like that, high-level starting point guard. But as a scoring guard coming off the bench, um, and he, he could in, insert a lot of energy and a lot of scoring um, immediately.
1: Yeah, he he's so fun to watch. I mean, like, his scoring package is just probably unrivaled, you know, in college basketball this season. Like you said, he, he puts pressure on the rim. The way he hangs in the air – on those finishes after after taking the contact and then still has the touch to kind of flip up a shot and hit it and, and get the foul a lot of the time as well. Really impressive, though he has that that really strong and quick step back jumper. It kind of reminds me of like a, yep. a, a Damian Lillard type step back where he really he really you know bursts off that off that step right into position and, and hits the jumper. Can, he's not not a really really high level three point shooter, but for the shots that he took and and, and the you know, the way he can get into his shot. I, I think at the NBA, he could be an even better, you know, three point shooter in terms of percentage and stuff, just because he'll get a lot more open looks as a catch and shoot guy. And he, it's, it's a strange one with me, with me for him, just because I think you want to play him off the ball a little bit, just because he has that, that's such a great shooting technique. And you don't, I don't think he's a guy in the NBA who you really want to have in the ball all the time, just because there's so many other great players on the floor. But but with the ball in his hands, he just does so much that to like he his first steps crazy quick. I mean, it's it's almost like there's not a single thing offensively, you know, as a scorer that that he's not comfortable doing.
0: Yeah, he and then just once once he beats or gets the corner on his initial defender, he's just so crafty in the lane and creating just that little amount of space, or or just getting into the the shot blockers body to negate their shot blocking and ability to elevate. Um, Yeah. And he, he's just a lot of fun. I mean, I don't, he, it would surprise me if he becomes, you know, a a high level starter, but just coming off the bench and having that threat of scoring, um, whether he's initiating the offense or, you know, you're making the the extra pass to him and then he's attacking off the dribble. uh, I, I, I think you could scheme up a lot of things, To really make him punish defenses,
1: teams that need a scoring punch, I think I wouldn't be surprised if if he goes, you know, fairly high, like you know, mid to late first round, you know, on a team that's that's pretty desperate for a scoring punch. Someone like Orlando or something like that, that a team a team that really needs that already kind of is set defensively because he's not a good defender. And especially, you know, at the level that he was playing at, you'd hope and the, and his age as well, you'd hope that he was pretty advanced defensively just because he's, he's got so much more experience and obviously a lot of talent. But, but I think he'll be pretty much a negative, you know, from the get go and, and won't get any better as a, as a defender. But yeah, a team like Orlando or, um, I can't think of another one off the top of my head that's kind of already. Pretty good defensively, but but needs a scoring punch. It is really going to love Grant Rilla because that's what he is. He's the ultimate scoring punch. You know, a guy who just comes in who can give you, you know, ten to fifteen a night without breaking a sweat, and then have those nights that you know he drops twenty five to thirty when he when he's really feeling yeah. it. I think that's the type of NBA player he'll be, and I think that's it's pretty value pretty valuable to a lot of teams.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and and just. Defensively, I'm, he he just doesn't even try. Really, yeah. um, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Once he's in the NBA, they'll he'll exert at least some effort, or else he just won't play. Yeah. Um, but and just because of the offensive load he carried, um, I. Defensively, he just didn't really bother, and his off-ball movement was pretty lackluster. Once yeah. you, you know, the rare occasions he actually did give up the ball, um, <laughs> but yeah, and just when he has it in his hands, he's he's just a ton of fun.
1: Yeah. So, so out of all those guys, how would you rank them just overall as prospects?
0: All right. So, I have Halliburton, Hayes, Ball, Cole. Cole Anthony, Kyra Lewis, Grant Reelair, then Cassius Winston.
1: Yeah, I think I'm – overall, I think I'm a little bit lower on Halliburton than you. I mean, talking yeah. talking about him, you know, thinking out loud about him makes me feel a little bit better again just because it's the first time I've actually, you know, spoke to someone for, for an extended period of time about Tyrese. But I'm still high on Hayes as my first. Um, Ball as my second. Halliburton as third. Uh, Tyra Lewis fourth and Cole fifth uh, Rilla mm-hmm. and, then Win- and then Winston I could have gone, I could have gone either way on, on Lewis and Cole I, I spent a lot of time right. kind of sitting, sitting there thinking about those two I mean they they both are, I know they're different players but they kind of I think they project to be pretty similar you know outputs in the NBA so I'm not sure who I'd rather with that I think if I'd rather shooting I'd go with Cole and if I'd rather you know rim pressure and the ability to play quick then i'd go with lewis but i i I lean towards lewis but yeah you can convince me either way on that
0: yeah and at that point i think those guys are just it it comes down to kind of team need in that range instead of best player available yeah um yeah yeah and and like the differentiator with like Halliburton, Hayes and Ball. I mean, overall, I have Halliburton three, Hayes five, Ball six. So I'm like they're all right in that group for me. Yeah. Um. I I just see Halberton's floor being a lot higher than those guys. Um. Even though Hayes and Ball, you know, if everything works out, I, I they they have they definitely have a higher ceiling than than Halliburton where they can reach you know that all star level. Where I'd be pretty surprised if Halberton, you know, is that perennial all star instead of just a really, really quality or high end starter for. A long time.
1: Yeah, it's tough at the top of the draft with that because you know you can. It's easy to, to flip flop between high floor and high ceiling, and you know, right. you're trying to find the, the the perfect you know balance in the middle. I have Hayes. I've ha- I've had Hayes at one for a period, but I've cooled on him a little bit. But I still have him at two. So okay. I think um, I think yeah, to me he. I think he's the kind of the the balance between. I think his floor is still relatively. High, I still think he'll be able to do a lot, you know, even if he, if his flaws don't, don't work out. And I, I do feel the same about Halliburton as well. I just think that Hayes, when comparing them to, have, has a higher ceiling as well. So that's why I lean towards him. Sure. Ball, no, I, I, definitely feel, I think Ball clearly has the lowest, um, floor of them all. Yeah. But probably the highest ceiling as well. And I know a lot of people have Ball going number one. I don't have him that high. I have him at three, I think. And then I, I have Halliburton probably uh, I I flip flopped on him as well. I think he's probably in the five to, to eight range for me. So it's yeah. it's yeah, it's all kind of, you know, um, objective. But but who would you rank those if you were just thinking about how they would fit on the Timberwolves? We haven't really spoken much about the Timberwolves, but but if right. you were just going on fit for those those five, six point six, seven point guards, who would you go?
0: Um so, I, mean, I, I think Halliburton's the best fit um, personally. I, I think he fits along Russell, Beasley, McLaughlin. Uh, I think he can play with any of those guys and kind of make up for any of their deficiencies. I mean, Beasley and Russell aren't great defenders. I think Halliburton can cover up a lot of a lot for their um, on-ball defense with his off-ball, and he can be that connector. He can be that spot-up shooter um, when Towns is when during the Towns Russell pick and roll. Um, so I, I just kind of like I, him. I, I think he's that perfect linchpin that blends everything together. Yeah. Um, and then I, that, then I got Hayes second, uh, ball third, just because, and it, if, if he really is a elite playmaker, um, pairing him with towns and Beasley and Russell, who can play off ball too, I, I, I think could produce a lot of really fun stuff on offense. Um, but the defense would be real issue. Uh, then I got Kyra uh, Lewis at fourth, then Grant Riller, Cole Anthony, and then Cassius Winston.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much on the same lines as you. I mean, like I said before, I, re- I, really, I really love Hayes, but I think Halliburton is probably the better fit. I think Minnesota might actually be one of Halliburton's best fits in the draft. I mean, with the ability to already have – uh, high level shot shot makers, you know, in Townsend, Russell, and Beasley, that allows him to play more of a connect in a connecting role. He can still use that passing and use that off ball defense, as you said, to to cover up for a lot of mistakes for those guys. I think he could play off the bench. He could play, you know, as a starter. He can probably almost, you know, guard twos and threes, you know, pretty consistently. Like, obviously, we spoke about his. He's pretty iffy on ball defense, but, but he's definitely would be one of the better defenders on that team right now. And I, I just, I, I really like Halliburton's fit for Minnesota. Second, I had Hayes as well. Um, as you said, all those things that he does well, I think Minnesota could use. I think he could play off the ball as well, especially with the, his improving defense, but not quite the, the same fit as Halliburton. Then I, again, I found it really hard after this. I went with ball for the same reason as you, just because he's, if he, if he does have that really high potential, I don't know how you can kind of say that, that he's the worst fit on this team, even though the inability to shoot and the, the spotty defense is something that, that this team, you know, this team really values, um, shooting, putting pressure on the rim and being able to defend, even though nobody can do it right now, but they obviously need it. Right. Um, so that scares me away a bit with ball, but I think, yeah, the higher level passing, the ability to unlock towns to a, another level, you know, from the one he's already at, would be pretty scary. And then after that, I had uh, Kyra Lewis, Kyle Anthony, Grant Rilla, Cassius Winston. Same thing. You can you can throw a blanket over Lewis and Cole. Either right. one of them are going to bring you know a scoring punch with with a little bit of playmaking. You know, inconsistent defense, but. I think you know. I'd take either of those. Winston. Winston. I kind of like the idea of Winston on the Timberwolves. Maybe a little bit more than Rilla. Now that I think about it, just because I like his ability to make plays in the pick and roll with Towns, sure. and I, I and I'm not sure how much Minnesota really needs a scoring punch like Rilla. Like I mean, every team could u- could use a great Rilla, but sure. the Minnesota are pretty set when it comes to scoring. You know, so if you are gonna you know, Bring in a guy who can't play defense, which is which is both Winston and Rilla. Then maybe I'd prefer Winston's kind of you know auxiliary skills, just the ability to to create for others and and to play a bit more off the ball. So yeah, again, throw a blanket over those two, but but I think the main three there are Halliburton, Hayes, Ball. That that we're in agreement with. I think those are the three that most fans you know want to see in Minnesota if they if they do want to point guard, and I think. Halliburton probably deserves a little bit more love as a really good fit.
0: Yeah, and I I think the big thing when kind of balancing those guys is what you think the long-term usage of D'Angelo Russell is. is. Is he going to be used as that primary initiator that that, you know, true lead point guard, or do they want to use him as kind of that hybrid combo guard that plays a lot off ball because he, he is a good off ball player on offense and off ball shooter. Um, So if that's the case, then I think Hayes would probably edge out Halliburton um, just because I think Hayes is a better probably on ball initiator than Halliburton is where Halliburton is a lot more valuable off ball um, with that secondary playmaking and, off-ball shooting yeah um so i i I think that that what the plan for russell's role on the team is is the biggest kind of differentiator between those guys
1: yeah for sure um yeah if if you're planning to play hayes off the ball i think he, he can handle it defensively but so far he hasn't shown that like we said that he's a good catch and shoot player i think he'll get better but you're really mitigating his his true strengths by not letting him run pick and rolls pretty often and and be the focal point of a not the focal right. point but the the lead ball handler of an offense I think. But Halliburton figures to be able to impact the game as a passer and a shooter even off the ball because he's just so good in that in that linking role where he can make that that third or fourth pass, get out in transition. You know, he you don't have to be the lead ball handler to be the guy who. Who grabs a rebound and runs out in transition and feeds others. And he's so good at that. I mean, he's a very, I think we didn't really speak about it, but he's such a really good rebounder for his size. Yeah. And that plays into his game so well. I mean, there's been a lot of, uh, kind of Lonzo ball comparisons just because their, their physical profile and, and um, you know, statistical profile in college were pretty similar. And I don't, I don't love the, the comparison, but when you see them, uh, sneaking, grab a rebound. You know, five, five, three, four, five dribbles, and and then you know, no look past to to a a guy who's flanking them. That's that's when you see that that um that similarity, and that's a really a really good skill to have. And Minnesota would really um really appreciate that skill because they want to get out and play fast. And Russell's not the kind of guy who really plays fast. So I guess if you could pair him with Halliburton for for 20, 25 minutes a game, you know, that at least um, speeds off your offense a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I like that point a lot. Uh, Russell does kind of seem to uh, take his time getting up the court. Um, But if you're the – if you know, if the Timberwolves do end up with one of those top three picks um, and they're looking for a guard and at the end of the day they got to go with just, you know, who they think I think is going to have the highest ceiling um, yeah. I, I know they're looking to win now and but and this team hasn't done a whole lot of winning ever. Um so and if if you think if they think that ball ceiling is, you know, miles ahead of those other guys, then then they gotta go with him. Or if they're looking to draft them to, to move them immediately, then you know, they gotta kinda of try and read the, the rest of the NBA landscape on who, who other teams think is the most valuable there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, that, that'll that probably do us for today. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on, man. I've always enjoyed. Oh, my pleasure. Um, you know, your draft stuff, especially over at hashtag basketball. They are um, really good dudes over there. And I, and I was just reading through your latest mock um, draft again last night, and that's so much work in there. Like, that must have taken you forever.
0: A lot of really bad college games <laughs> uh, They fill up the DVR, and my God, college refs hate any flow of game they're they're the worst man
1: i don't think i've i don't think i could imagine so many charges being called in the nba like any oh,
0: none any, of them are charges any
1: block charge is just a charge like they just it's a cop out
0: it's it's the worst it, <laughs> it, it, it's an absolute nightmare but but for some weird reason i love i love doing it so yeah yeah oh uh,
1: yeah so um yeah thanks for coming on um uh you can follow tyler over what's your what's your Twitter name. Sorry, I should have written. That. I should have no, wrote God, that. No, I should have wrote that down. Uh, I normally do. No, you good.
0: <laughs> you're good. Uh, it's T Metcalf one, one So T M E T C A L F, and then the number eleven.
1: Yeah. So don't follow him there, especially if you're you know if you're interested in the draft and and through a Minnesota lens as well. Um, as usual, thanks for listening. Rate, review, subscribe. You know, like, share. All that good stuff, and I'll see you guys next week. Thanks again, Tyler. Thank you.